What's your Everest? You know, the highest mountain on earth, a metaphor for a goal that is so big that it scares you to even speak it out loud. That goal that takes more than a season, a year, or maybe takes a lifetime to even accomplish. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain and your host as we meet inspiring individuals who know what it's like to set big goals and how to accomplish them. Welcome to My Everest, a 29029 podcast. If you've lived on this earth for more than a couple days, you're probably pretty familiar with the fact that life doesn't always travel the easiest path. One moment, you're on the summit of the mountain, enjoying the views, and the next, you find yourself lost in the deepest valley you've ever had to navigate. Keisha and Sina Get Mary signed up for 29029 with fire in their bellies. They were getting out of their comfort zone, and they were ready to grow. Newly engaged, blazing new paths, budding entrepreneurs, 29029 was perfect. I'm big into challenges and more so just adventure-based challenges. It sounded really cool and it sounded hard. And my instant mindset went to like, let's get matching outfits and make this a really fun adventure. And it's gonna be really challenging, but I definitely did not understand the magnitude of what the challenge actually was. Little did they know that the growth they were about to experience wasn't going to come in the form of weekend long workouts put together by Coach Brent. Their growth was going to be closer to home and the mountain wasn't going to be a workout. It was going to be cancer. It was end of May that we got the call that his dad's cancer was back and we had to go up to Washington where we're originally from to be with his dad, to be by his side, which eventually had him going into hospice and all of that. So we were actually up in Seattle for 12 weeks during like peak training season yeah. and we were not training. Cena's dad passed away just weeks before they were supposed to climb Snow Basin. Though this story is about loss, it's also one about recalibration, about partnership. It's a story showing how hard seasons are worth navigating because they just make the view from the next summit even sweeter. So let's go back to the beginning. When Keisha first talked Cena into going to Everest. Well, you came to me and you're like, let's, you want to climb Everest? <laughs> Which like, you don't, for people that are not in a relationship, she usually comes to me with like crazy ideas. And so I wasn't caught too off guard, but I was like, Everest, that's a pretty big one. And then she explained it. Like, no, not, not like Everest, Everest, but like, she, then she showed me the challenge. So I didn't know about it until you brought it. Well, I explained it as a way that like you could do it in a safer way of climbing Mount Everest where I'm like, I feel like it'd be perfect because I don't actually personally want to climb Mount Everest, but I want the challenge of doing something really hard. And it just sounds cool. And what really sold me was that we got to ride the gondola down because I was excited about like the opportunity to talk to people because I love just chatting with people. And I knew that this would attract a certain demographic of people that like pushing themselves and challenging themselves. And I, I got the vision of it. I did not think about the actual physical part of it. I just thought about the idea of it. And I really glamorized All the that. other parts of it, yeah. And then you All got the me other- with the snacks on the, on the trail and I was in. You're like, there's there's an aid station. You can eat, Cena every like there's quarter snacks. mile. It's going to be great. Yeah. So yeah. had you done anything like this? Because you said you kind of seek out those challenges and things. Had you ever done anything like this before? So I had personally done the New York marathon and then I'd done a couple of half marathons, maybe like five or six, but Cena was actually training. Like we were the couple friends training for his first half marathon. 
And we got to the point in our training where we did 11 miles, but then it was in San Diego and it was in March of 2020. So they canceled it three days before so he had never completed the half marathon. So you were like and down to, for a time. To me, like I never, I never ran over like three miles. So that was like a really hard push for me and I was ready to go and I didn't get to do it because it got canceled. Yeah. yeah. So when did you guys officially, so you see it on social media, it kind of came through Jesse Itzler's community. You see it there. You open it up, you press that red button. When was it that you committed to that? When did you hit the red button? As soon as it went on sale. Yeah, we, had we like within, I had an alarm in my phone and we like literally were probably one of the first. I think you probably that. saw like the promo, like going on sale, like this Friday or whenever it was, it, it was only like a couple days in advance of yeah. going on sale. Sure. Okay. So fall of 2020, you hit the button. What did you expect from this challenge? What were you wanting? What was your approach to this? So we were planning our wedding and we've been together for 13 years. And I think we were just kind of thinking it would be fun to have some sort of physical challenge and just go to a different city. And we, I mean, we really think Utah is so beautiful, which is we did the Utah one. And I think it was, it was honestly kind of naive. Wouldn't you say? Like, I, we didn't look into like just exactly how much like training it should take. <laughs> And we'll get into that later with the training and everything, but we wanted something that we're able to push ourselves beyond something we didn't think we could do. Yeah. And we're not quite ready to do yet. And, and make just something we could do together to like train and, and kind of look forward to and have something kind of on the books instead of just like a random workout program is like something we're actually like training for. Yeah. And I think we knew signing up for it that we weren't yet the people that could accomplish that yeah. thing. And that was really driving us was like, okay, well, when we sign up for this, we're literally signing up for something that we know we are literally incapable of doing at this exact moment. And there's something really beautiful about that when you're very growth minded, like we both are, where we're like, yeah, we're going to get like ripped. And then we're going to be like ready for our wedding yeah. too. Like we we're just like excited. I think about that whole aspect. Well, and I think that's such an interesting thing. What you just said when you're of that growth mindset, because there's a lot of people who won't sign up for something until they know that they'll complete it. They get caught in this like, oh, my ego's in the way. And no, I'm not capable of that. But you guys approach this very differently. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely knew we were. It's going to take a lot to get ready for it. I don't even know if you ever really get ready for it. I mean, you can train all you want, but until you're on that mountain and you're doing yeah. all those up and downs, I don't think you ever really feel ready. I don't know. But it you live in Texas. So it was no like, hills in Texas. There's no, we, we like Google, like what is the nearest like elevation gain in Texas? And we're like, wait, we didn't even recognize because we were new to Austin when we signed up. Like, wait, there's actually no mountains here. It's like, but I, and I do think it is really powerful to go in with this like naive approach. Like I keep referencing because we just, we, we knew that we didn't know that much and we didn't do a ton of research into what it was going to take, but we knew that we would we're, we identified with being the type of people who follow through on the thing that we said that we're going to do after the feeling that we said it and is gone. And that I think was just like such a driver that yeah. like together, we can do it, we you know, it. a lot of stair stepper though. <laughs> Did really well, get yeah. the best friends with the stair stepper. I mean, you got the training plan. So coach Brent writes up this 20 week oh, yeah. training plan and you get those first installments. So how does this flatlander training go? Uh, we went to go do one hike and, and we're in Austin, Texas. And we did it and like, wait, this is it. Like, oh my God, we need to do this like 10 times to be the equivalent of one time up the mountain. He, but like the thing that's cool too, for anyone that's listening into this, is like maybe contemplating, like, should I do it or should I not? 
and you do want the resources, the resources are there and the yeah. community is there. So you feel like right away, you feel like you're part of something bigger where you have these instant connections with anyone that's doing it because you know that you already have common ground. You're crazy people that sign up to do crazy things. Yeah. And then number two, like you have an interest in just wanting to grow and better yourself. So you don't feel like you're alone on an island, even though we lived in Texas and we didn't have a lot of access to like mountains and things like that. You just instantly felt like you were part of a community if you wanted to tap into it. And I really like, I think what helps me get skin in the game as a podcaster and someone who shares a lot on social media for my business is I like put it out there because I know that that's going to hold me accountable to following through with it. So I shared a lot about our journey. And even if someone listening to this isn't, you know, putting themselves out there like that, it's like telling a lot of people about it holds you accountable because then you don't want to like let those people down that are excited for you too, you know? Well, just that extra layer of accountability that just propels us. I think it's our ego in the back, you know, kind of helping push us forward. Sina, you talked about training and how training was, you know, tell us about that. How did it go? And like, how did it go with life and balance? Because you guys are busy. You were getting ready to get married. You were changing jobs. You had been moving around. What was that like? Yes. So actually, um, during our training, we found out uh, my dad passed away during that time. So we were actually up in Seattle for 12 weeks during like peak training season. Yeah. And we were not training. May. So it was end of May that we got the call that his dad's cancer was back and we had to go up to Washington where we're originally from to be with his dad for Cena to be the medical decision maker and to be by his side, which eventually had him going into hospice and all of that. So that was end of May. Yeah. That was like peak training time so in all reality we didn't actually get to go out and train as much as we should have we didn't train at all during those 12 weeks really yeah i mean maybe a couple hikes but that's it so it was a challenging time and it was almost getting to a point where we almost were just going to postpone it because it was almost getting like unsafe because like we really haven't done anything so we were getting to that point and after he did pass we kind of had it we kind of discussed like okay i think now is really on for like the mental and the toughness challenge of it. It added another layer of why we wanted to do it. Of kind of like we made it through a tough season and let's like finish this tough kind of season with something accomplishment like that. Yeah. We were, as the weeks were passing when we were up there, because obviously he moved to hospice and that was a 12 week span and he passed on the 4th of July. And that was the time frame that we were, we were, I mean, it was the end of August that we were doing this. So we we're getting to this point where we had kind of made the decision of we don't have the bandwidth emotionally or even just like, you know, it's so exhausting to be in that situation. Obviously, your energy is going towards something that was higher of importance, but we really wanted to do it still. So we had said if it, you know, if he's still in hospice and it comes end of July, then we're just going to have to call it because we don't have enough time. Yeah. But after he passed, we took care of everything up in Washington and then we road tripped back down from Washington to Austin and we stopped and did some hikes in Utah and Idaho. And we really like, needed a fun season together after such a hard time that the training then became something that was really exciting. We were like pushing ourselves and we were just ready for this new chapter, which made 29029 feel like to what Sina just said, this, this goal of we are so strong mentally. We believe that we can do this. If we get ourselves in the environment and we're going into this, like this is going to close this really tough chapter and show us what we're made of. So it, it moved from this fun, adventurous goal that we were kind of light and about to like, 
let's show ourselves that we can handle this even in the hardest season, because this is, you know, six months before we're getting married. And like, it was just, it it was huge for us. I think that's why we feel so connected to 29 or 29, because you get to make it mean whatever you want it to. But for us, it was like, you can do anything together, like anything, right? Yeah. I mean, for context, we've been together 13 years. That was the toughest season we ever navigated, but we did it together and probably the most mentally challenging time we've ever had mm-hmm. into going into one of the most physically challenging things. But we're like, okay, if we can do that, let's do this. Like, let's mm-hmm. use this as an opportunity to really just show us what we can do and really push beyond anything we've ever done, and especially being not fully trained. I mean, we did as much as we could in that month yeah. between it, but really not a as much as we should have been. Yeah. So you you show up, August comes and in a whirlwind, all of a sudden you're there and you're in Snow Basin. You get to the mountain. What are those first thoughts like? So I do have to tell you, Colleen, we, I bought my ski or my ski poles, my hiking poles. I bought my hiking poles the day before we went and I had never used hiking poles. So we went into REI and I was like, so we're doing this thing called 29 to 29. I'm telling them all about it. I was like, and I need poles. Like we both do. And I had the guy at REI like, show me how to use them. Um, and never used poles before. Yeah, that was. (laughs) The poles are necessary. Wow. Oh, I mean, poles. I can't even imagine. I don't I, even know if you I can can't imagine. Poles. I wouldn't be able to. Anyway, so we have our poles. I feel like because we have our gear and we're super excited yeah. until, and everybody is so nice in Snow Basin, like everyone that's working there, everyone that we're talking to. But the first person that we talked to was like, guys, how was the treadmill training? Like he was like super intense. Yeah, I was like 12 hours on and a he, treadmill. Like, like some crazy what? challenge thing. And I literally, like we ta- we chatted with him and we didn't go too in depth to our story, but we walked away and I was like, Sina, we are going to have to be so cautious that we don't compare our lack of training to other people's yeah. training because we're going to get in our heads. And we, we knew that it was going to be a lot mental. Like physically we had the baseline of fitness, so it was safe for us to do it. But other people that we felt like had trained more than us, I was like, this is going to psych me out. Like it's a head game. Like don't fall, like, you know, track to that. Too much about it. We were a little bit naive going into it. Like, yeah. But I mean, the, but the, everyone was so nice. It's so and welcoming. So open. I mean, it's like, such a community that everyone is just so friendly, welcoming, and you instantly feel like you belong. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. So you get to the mountain, we kick off, start that first hike. Everybody, I love to hear people relive the first hike because that's the moment that I think the challenge really sets in. You're not on the treadmill anymore. You're not on your own hills. All of a sudden, you and your new REI poles are going up this mountain for 2.3 miles. What was that like? The headlamps, the sea of headlamps. I felt like it was Christmas morning, kind of. The energy was really high on the first one because you all take off together and the sun's coming up and you kind of forget about that first part of the hill, which is literally so steep. Well, you didn't know either, right? The first time you didn't know it was coming. So it was kind of like a surprise the first time. And well, and the pace, because because I've done half marathons before, I and Cena is like a major overachiever, and I'm more Cena's very goal oriented. I'm very process oriented, which is like works well for our marriage. But I was like, Cena, you are gonna get so caught up in this hype, and you're gonna go so freaking fast that we're gonna burn out if you don't like find a good pace. Like we're doing this together, and we had a lot of rules going into it. Like you couldn't complain on the mountain, you had to like reframe all of your complaints. And like, we had a rule that if one of us got actually like really injured that the other person had to finish for the team and it wasn't going to be like, we both stay in. Like we had a couple of, Oh, my third favorite rule is oh, I can have as many snacks as I want. I don't give him like side eye. No judging. So he's never that he's 
dairy free and he was eating all his dairy and i was like yes. good luck bro so he's oh not God. he's not just motivated by goals he's also motivated by food i see yeah, how this absolutely. works okay yeah, it helps that there's three stations along the way because you just get little snack breaks all the time and i'm motivated by celebrating so all the people at the stations that were so hyped made it so cool but oh, yeah the volunteers are just make it so fun. Right. And then, but just being on it, I've never, we had never hiked with a headlamp on before. Yeah. So that was so cool. And then you recognize when you get to the top, you're like, yes, I accomplished it. And at that point, I don't think it, we recognized like how hard it was because it was so adrenaline. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we get to go on the gondola down. We're going to eat snacks. We took pickle juice shots. I was like, yeah, yeah like live your best life. Uh, and then number two, I was like, oh no. It gets, it starts being, okay. Yeah, this is okay. Because the beginning, for anyone that does Utah, the beginning is straight up. I forgot the metric. It's like what, 1500 feet elevation gain in the first. Yeah, there's the first part, there's almost a 500 foot elevation gain right there in like the first half mile. You just get, it just goes straight up and then it goes back to that first mid mountain aid station, which you're like, okay, this is better. And then the top isn't quite as aggressive as the bottom is. But yeah, because at, at some point you settle in all of those, you know, all the pump up stuff is gone and the adrenaline has finally worn off. This is a 36 hour challenge. Yeah. When all that wears off, now all you have is your rules and your snacks. <laughs> and so how did how did that work? I mean, as you get deeper into this challenge, how many did you do on Friday? Did you have a plan? Were you just like, we just have to go? Were there people around you that were influencing that? Yeah. So we had a friend whose boyfriend was doing it and we met him on the second incline up and we hit it off with him. So we ended up hiking together. His name is Luke. We ended up hiking together, the three of us the whole time. And so I was very strategic about asking him a question about, cause like, you're not doing surface layer conversations when you feel like you're dying together. Um, you, I was like, tell me about your childhood at the bottom of the incline. So he would have to be the one that talks all the way up and he was a big guy. Yeah. So I was like, you get to talk all the way up. Cause I can't even barely breathe. Um, so I was very strategic about our conversations, but I think for us, it was around the sixth one that it's, we switch really, like mental yeah at that point like, we're like this is gonna be mental, mental now, now. <laughs> uh our plan though going in we were asking like do you sleep do you not sleep it's like the golden question of like what do you do what's your strategy yeah, yeah. and then we were just like assessing along the way we're like i think if we go to sleep we're not going to make it back out because it's cold it's starting to rain tomorrow so we were kind of eyeing it right around six or I think maybe seven we're like okay I don't, I think we don't sleep. I think we just keep going, obviously take breaks along the way, which is awesome. Having the whole setup and everything. Oh, and there's people that stretch you there. Oh, Whoa, that yeah. was a game changer. But I was like, Keisha, I think if we go to the tent and lay down, I don't know if I'm getting back up to be yeah. honest. Like it, it, I would tighten up. So I was like, we got to just keep on moving and mm -hmm. maybe go at a little slower pace. You obviously slow down as the, the laps go up. Yeah. Um, but that was a moving target on like, do you go to sleep or not? And we, we chose not to. And we decided we were going to eat at all the meal times too, yeah. like strategically, because the snacks, there's a ton of snacks, but I knew I wanted like a real legit meal. And I yeah. also was really cautious because the other thing too, is you recognize how much you're burning. So the fuel game is definitely an equation of it. But I was like, I don't want to eat too much on the actual mountain because I don't want to feel sick. Yeah. And um, but eating those like big meals when the meal stations were open was like clutch. Yeah, that was really clutch. Yeah. So that was really helpful. And then once it moved into the night, 
it was back to this like excitement again because doing it in the pitch black was so cool. So fun. Yeah. Like it was a whole different ball game because you got used to the, that was what was the hardest thing too. There was someone that had done an ultra. Yeah. I talked to a woman who gave natural childbirth and someone who had done an ultra and they both said this was harder. Wow. And I, I haven't birthed a human before, but I can just imagine. <laughs> but she was like, part of it, the ultra marathon runner was like, part of it is because you're doing the same thing over and over again. So you're, it's the mind game. And that's actually what I really loved about it is you had to reframe like constantly. We were even saying like, we loved that it was 13 times up and you can make an argument for anything, for any of the events for 29 to 29 of like, oh, it's awesome if it's 20 times because they're shorter and like you get to get those hits of confidence every time. But we were like, oh, but if you do four, then you get to nine faster and then you're in single digits. Like you can make an argument, but it's a, it's a mind game for sure. Right. Right around like six or seven, you know, that hill, like the back of your hand, Yeah, you know, which part's coming up and which one you don't like and do like, and, and all that, but you also know where the breaks are. So the cool part about the event is so in like a marathon or an ultra marathon, the, the elite runners, they're gone. You never see them again. The cool part about this is you mm. kind of go up and down. So you, you end up getting in gondolas with like maybe some of the elite athletes or like people you normally wouldn't see a lot. So you got to meet a lot of people along the mountain and everyone got to like work towards that common goal mm-hmm. instead of like a marathon. You kind of just don't see anyone again besides whoever's right around you. Yeah. It's really a unique way that it is set up for that, where there is a lot of connection that can be made with the different people that you're there with. And I don't think people realize how connected they do become to the people on the mountain because they have that shared experience. Because for me, connection is one of those, the biggest things. I just love that. The fact that we can really, really dig deep with some people and we can really dig deep with ourselves and connect on the mountain outside. But there are some moments we go through moments. Did you guys have any moments like together where you're like, okay, Sina, you're going to have to go find your own snacks because I can't deal with your snacks anymore. Were you guys able to manage that mentally? Did you come up to any like mental roadblocks? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was at the 10th one or the 11th one. No, the one before the last one. Yeah. Um, And we happened to have Colin like right next to us, which was so clutch. And I was like, I am really struggling. And then I was kind of beating myself up about it because we were so, it was 11 and we were so close to like getting to have the final ascent with like the red thing. I'm like, give me the red thing. And then I'm go mode again. But it was, it was like halfway through the 11th ascent. That's what it was. And Colin just happened to be at one of the rest uh, or one of the um, stops and walked over and he was like, all right, Keisha, like, let's get in the zone here. And he's like, okay, you're just going to take 10 steps and then you're going to take a break. Yeah. And then of course he starts talking about Gila. He's like, you know, back when I was doing Antarctica, and I was like, I was like this guy can go across Antarctica unassisted that I can get up this freaking hell. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had a moment around 10. And luckily what happened is when one of us was struggling, it happened to be the other person just for whatever reason, had a little bit more like umph. Yeah. Cause I'm actually between the two of us, I'm more of an outgoing extrovert than Cena is, but on the mountain, you turn into a wild animal. <laughs> like he was like, this is, he was like yelling at people. He was like, this is what we signed up for. Like it's supposed to be hard. And I was like silent for a while. So like I, he's got all the energy. Like I'm using mine when as you go, When you go quiet, it's you're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> we know, we know something's going on. So he like looked at me. He's like, you're pretty quiet. I'm like, just keep talking. I can't, I can't do it right can't now. Talk. So it was actually, uh, it was more, it was a little bit more of a struggle physically, I think for me than it was for you, 
Well, you were like, times. I think like your electrolytes and the balance is off and you yeah. have to like kind of get rebalanced. Yeah. yeah. Once. And then when we got to the top, Colin was like, okay, pickle shots, cheese. It's like, do this, get some, like, and he just gave me a game plan. He's like, eat this, eat this. I did. I was like, this guy's gone across Antarctica. I'll do whatever he says. Like yeah. he tells me to do a handstand right now. I will. And he gave me all that stuff. And then we took the gondola down. And then once you put that red thing on us, I was like, don't even like mess with me right now. And that was our fastest one was the last one. Yeah. Wow. And I hear that so many times from people where they have to make it through that tough spot. And I always love to relate it to things in life and perspective in life, because sometimes in those toughest moments, like you guys were in a really tough season before yeah. you got to 29 29, but you didn't know how close to maybe a great season you were because you yeah. were in it so far that we mm-hmm. fail to have that perspective. And I think that's just such a real world lesson for us that comes from this mountain. For sure. And that you, you have to just have this deep belief in yourself that you can do this and a commitment of like, I'm following through because you know that it's going to be hard. Like we, once we got there and we really understood the magnitude of it, I think it was honestly around the second one for me when I was like, this is going to be hard. But like Cena kept saying, like, this is what we signed up for this is hard and challenging, but we're going to be so proud of ourselves because easy does really rob you of proud. And I wanted the deep, like I started to visualize like how fulfilled I was going to feel at the top and how proud I was going to feel and how emotional it was going to be. I was like tapping into this future version of me, especially around like the blur of seven through 10. I was like, I'm like dying right now, but you know, I, I think the season leading up to it, we really synonymous to the mountain. We were like one step at a time. It was just like day by day. We were kind of just managing. Yeah. Like we were not thinking weeks, months, years in advance. We were literally just like, what does today take? And on the mountain, it's like, how do you get to the next aid station? How do you get just let's go to the top of this hill and then yeah. it's, let's get to the next rest stop. Let's get to the top. Just keep going. Like yeah. One step at a time. It's different than like, you know, you see those memes and like quotes of like when you're doing cardio and you say 40 minutes, that's only 30 minutes or that's 15 minutes, four times. That mentality did not work on the mountain. It was what Cena said. It was you're on nine, crush nine, and then you'll worry about 10 once you actually get to 10 and getting really, to be honest, like I have a little bit of a scattered brain, even as an entrepreneur, but what 29029 taught me that has actually still carried into my life and into my business is this ability to be like, what's the task in front of you focus on that. And like, you can't worry about the next thing that's coming. It's like get laser focused. Cause we did that for 30 hours straight. Like we literally, yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we get too far ahead of ourselves, that's where we almost put ourselves in that mental deficit where it's like, oh my gosh, but I have four more to do. Even in our personal life, it's like, I have all these things to do on my checklist and the kids have to go here and I've got to get this done. If we just focus, we can have a better experience in that moment. And then once we get through that, we're going to find that we're more productive and we go a whole lot farther than when we try to throw everything in our brain. Yeah, for sure. If you're on nine or eight and you're thinking about 13, it's not a good thought process. <laughs> you don't want to be in your head on that because well, it, feels, it feels like that's so far away and unachievable. And with life, like you're saying, Colleen is, you know, so often when we're shooting for any goal, it's like, we look at where we are now. And then we look at that vision of where we want to go. And that distance is so big that it's so easy to label it as overwhelming, or I'm never going to get there or to look at somebody else and say like, they have something that I don't. But when you're just focused on being present where your feet are, and in that moment, you have no other option. Like you just one step at a time, which is just good to remember in general. Yeah. For sure. So you guys get up the last lap. You you finish your 13th lap. You're on the red carpet and you get to choose your red hat. 
What was that moment like for you guys? I mean, I remember that last final ascent up and then we crossed and we both just started bawling. Yeah. Because it was just like, it was just like a chapter of season of life all coming full circle that we got to the top. I I can tap into it so much because I literally can get emotional thinking about it because it was such a cool accomplishment where you're so proud of yourself physically, but you're so proud of yourself mentally. And then for us, we really had the symbolism of like, we just closed such a hard chapter and we looked at yeah. each other. We both, I mean, like Cindy said, we both started crying because it was so emotional because yeah. it was one of those things. that's like, you're so proud of yourself and nobody can give you that feeling other than if you know that you earned it. Yeah. Cause you're the person, even though we had each other, you're the person in your own head that you have to give yourself the pep talks. You're the only person that knows how many times you wanted to give up along the way and how freaking hard it was. So then you also get to feel this like immense amount of like, like you can't even describe how proud you feel. Like you're just like, I can do anything. Like I was like, what, what, give us anything, literally give us anything. We got it. (laughs) It kind of reframes your expectation out of yourself when you accomplish a big challenge like that. And we always use the mountain as a metaphor for life. And, you know, your Everest that's there in the distance and it's kind of scary and you don't know what's going to be up there and how to get there. And you guys are the type of people, like you said, we where we started is you're always looking for that next challenge. You're always looking for something. So now you guys are here in this next season of life. You're a married couple. I mean, you have a successful podcast and you know, you were doing a lot of things. You've had a lot of changes in your life. What's the next goal for you guys? What's the next Everest that you're working towards? So we just moved to Denver from Austin and now we're actually, so Cena during this time, Cena also was a practicing dentist who decided that dentistry wasn't aligned for him. So he left dentistry, moved into the entrepreneurial space. We're now coming together to build out a new real estate business from the ground up. And it's funny because the thing that we always have to remind ourselves is not to compare ourselves to a prior version of ourselves when the circumstances were different. And right now, like back when he was a dentist, he was at the top of his game. And now we're in this season, right? And this is kind of like starting over from the big, you're a beginner again. Yeah. You really have to, I can't look at, or we can't look at people that are in the industry that are, you know, 10 years in, like we got to, what are we doing to get started? How do we get to the next step and, and get going. Yeah. So we're building up a new business together and building it. We're going to build out a podcast together about this process into real estate investing. And then, I mean, I'm hosting my first big women's event. So really we're kind of in this stage in our careers right now. And in the, our entrepreneurial journeys where we're just like back at doing things that we don't know how to do yet simply so we can become the people that can actually accomplish that. So very parallels to the mountain and why we signed up for 2009. Yeah. Well, you're beginners again. And and I think that that's such an interesting thing to, to make those shifts in our lives and not be afraid of those shifts because like the mountain, we can, we can go one step at a time. We can get to the next snack break. We can get to the next summit. We can go and brand the board one more time. And if we apply that to whether it's our business life or even our personal life, there's so much growth that's to be had there. So I love what you guys are saying. Like, let's go out and just take one step. If something, you know, if you don't want to be a dentist anymore, you're tired of being a dentist, what else do you want to do? What do you want to try? And don't be afraid of that. Yeah. And, and really we're actually even looking for like, what are the next like hard things that we want to do? Because it's like, 
confidence at the root of anything gives you this like belief in yourself that you can figure anything out, no matter what life curveballs come, whether it's in the business career relationships, what it doesn't matter your health. It's like, you just believe that you can figure it out. So that's something that we're always seeking is like, we were just talking about this yesterday. We're like, okay, like what is the next, like really hard thing that we don't think that we can do physically that we want to sign up for. So TBD. So but I tell everyone I know about 20, I'm like, yeah. do this thing. Like a bunch of women from our podcast community signed up to do it too. So oh. I can't wait to see through their lens. And it is, it's everybody does have a little bit different experience on the mountain, but at the core of it is, is what you said, that confidence going forward. I always tell people you're going to leave this mountain, a 2.0 version of yourself. So go forward with that. Don't leave it here on the mountain. The mountain is to be taken with you. And we would do a disservice to ourselves if we left those lessons behind. So I love to see you guys just continuing to plow forward and encouraging other people to do the same because that's what we need. We need that community. We need the people who say, you know, it's okay. Let's just go one more step. Like Colin said to you, just 10 more steps. Just go 10 more steps. And Mm -hmm. having the ability to tell someone else that and also to be listening to someone else when they tell you it's okay, just 10 more steps is it's a privilege that we have with each other. It really makes you challenge then other aspects of your life and say like, where am I playing small? Because I'm not giving myself enough credit for how capable I am. Because if I can do that and I didn't think I could, I wonder what else I could do. And, and I just don't see how this can't be the most positive possible experience for you with whatever your goals are in your life. But it just takes like the, the fear of like hitting submit on the button because then you're in. Like for us, we're like, yeah. we're in we're doing this and you know, it, it's just so worth it. If, if someone's listening to this and they're contemplating, please do it. Like a future version of you is going to be so proud that you did it, even though you weren't sure that you could, and you're freaking out and life is crazy and you've got the kids and you've got the career and you got all the things. Yes. But like gift yourself this feeling of pride. And then this just confidence. Yeah. I mean, that, it, it bleeds over into all other parts of life. Like it you does. said, I mean, no one can take that away from you. You now have that confidence built in, even though you're new at something else or you're navigating a new part of life or a tough time or a, whatever happens, like no one's going to be able to take that confidence from you. Preach. Mm-hmm. There you have it. My Everest, the latest episode of the 29029 podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about 29029 events or read more stories from an incredible community of individuals, you can head over to 29029everesting.com. That's 29029everesting.com. I'm Colleen Rue, the voice of the mountain. Keep climbing. We'll meet you at the next summit.